0: Welcome to the Wisdom and Wealth Podcast, a series of conversations designed to equip our listeners with helpful insights necessary to simplify the critical decision points of life. We believe true wealth is the thing money cannot buy and death cannot take away. Furthermore, we also believe our calling is to enable others to fulfill their own. And to that end, we endeavor. Investment advisory services offered through CWM, LLC, and SEC Registered Investment advisor. This you may not have a, a specific answer to this question, but in uh, you know, head me off if if it's not appropriate. But is Medicare good insurance? Uh, you know, I feel like there's there's deep seated opinions about that type of thing. But if you're willing to give your perspective on it, I'm, I'm willing to listen.
1: Yeah, that's a good question, and there's a lot of opinions, right? We hear about Medicare for all. It sounds, it sounds like great from that situation. We hear people hate Medicare, and um, I truly believe that Medicare is really good health insurance. If you know what to look for and you know what to do. Okay. A lot of people can get much better health insurance on Medicare if they pick the right plan for their situation. But I think okay. Medicare gets a really bad rap. And there was just a recently a New York times article um, talking about how bad Medicare advantages for, and it's not, not bad for everyone, but for a lot of people, it's, it's just not the right fit for various reasons. But I feel like people Medicare gets a bad rap because of how the insurance agencies advertise and how people pick plans based on those. But if you know how to navigate it, it can be really good health insurance. Now, my clients who have say, you know, holistic care or a functional medicine doctor that's kind of outside of the really the overall insurance realm, people don't love Medicare, right? but they don't really like any health insurance because it doesn't fit into the U.S. system of of function of, of healthcare, that, that kind of preventative care. But I think overall, if you know how Medicare works, it's, it's a really good, really good option.
0: Okay, um, so on average, what are you seeing currently that Medicare costs uh, the average retiree or the average um, 65-year-old?
1: Yeah, so in Texas, I would say that people should budget between $300 and $400 a month um, for their Medicare insurance mm-hmm. p- plus extra money if you have expensive medications. You know, the, the, there's different parts of Medicare. Medicare Part A is, I say, quote, unquote, free. From, we've actually paid for Medicare Part A over the years. So um, Medicare Part B, which is the main part of Medicare, at least in 2020, has a base rate of one hundred and seventy dollars and ten cents a month. Now, if you make more than about one hundred and eighty-two thousand, you'll pay more for that. But I guess my point is that I usually estimate in that three to four hundred dollars range, you're safe. Two to three hundred, maybe even for some people, um, and not a ton of out-of-pocket costs usually outside of that, unless you have expensive medications.
0: How have you seen those costs inflate over time? What has been your your experience?
1: Yeah, you know, it's it's a good question too because we we were we're kind of in the middle of we're not in the middle of covid anymore. We just came out of covid, right? And so mm-hmm. um you saw Medicare at least on the government level of of of, of their premiums stay very low in going into 2021 because they were very thoughtful around the covid impact on the economy and on people's pocketbooks. Um, but what that led to was one of the biggest increases that we've seen for Medicare Part B from 2021 to 2022. So that big increase was partially from not increasing it because of COVID um, earlier. It also came partially because of the potential approval of a new Parkinson's medication that would have to be covered by Medicare Part B. So I, I, I feel like we're in this anomaly right now. I mean, usually, you know, Medicare increases kind of sort of probably a little bit higher now than, than social security's cost of living adjustment. Um, but it just, it just, it's, we're in a weird situation right now. Yeah.
0: So can you walk us through how your team at the Medicare coach would be able to walk, uh, the, the yeah. typical person through the decision-making process? And really it's a decision tree of what's best for them. Um, can you give us a little bit more feedback on how that works?
1: Yeah. So first off, we want to know who you are, right? Um, if you have expensive medications, you'll get one coach. If you have a high income, you'll get another coach. If you're in multiple states, you're going to get a third coach. So we pair clients with coaches who really know their, their area that we need to focus on. Um, we then get to know who you are, right? What your goals are, what your healthcare requests are. Do you want to go to MD Anderson? Are you okay with just your county hospital? And then based on that, we'll walk through the entire process. When to join, which plans to get, which Medicare rules apply to you, and how can we be thoughtful around navigating those and how to put everything in place. Um, and then what our clients love too is that we also help you once you're on Medicare. So we do those annual reviews. Um, I didn't really get into this, but Medicare, certain Medicare plans, especially on medications, change every year. And our client on average saves $1,000 by simply changing their Part D plan. And so we we review that when people are getting claim issues and they're kind of in that nightmare of Medicare getting passed around, we can really step in to help them actually better use Medicare and get the benefits out of it and not get stuck inside of the bureaucracy of Medicare that, that can be unending if we don't know what to look for or where to go. So beginning to end, I mean, I had a client actually in Texas. Um, her son called me a few weeks ago because he she found out she had cancer. And so the son was worried, right? The mom is basically not coherent at this point. Um, They're trying to figure out where they take her in Texas to get, they were outside of Austin, but where to take their clients or where to take his mother for treatment and worrying about the cost of it, right? And so he called me and I was able to sit down with him and say, okay, here's what your mom has. Ask the doctor this one question. You know, your mom can go to XYZ facility, it's all covered just make sure you pay your bills. I confirmed if she was paying her bills and how, and so that way he didn't have to, I mean, the worst thing is that you're in the hospital, you forget to pay a bill and you lose your Medicare coverage. So it's all those little things that we can do to just help the family overall too, in a situation, navigate the whole thing. So again, everyone's different, but we're here to help our clients however we can.
0: Okay. And on that to to a degree, um, I am curious, We locally are seeing a increase in the number of people who are interested in predictive testing, um, blood testing specifically, uh, to help them monitor their health and and to help them ensure that they're, you know, one, that they don't have any, uh, anything that needs attention, but two, you know, how they adapt their, even things like their diet, you know, based off of, you know, those predictive tests. How should somebody just plan on, you know that being out of their their deductible and and so on and so forth, or how have you seen that rise in testing covered good. by certain plans? It's good.
1: Yeah, it's a good question. So, I mean, I'll share my story. I mean, my brother passed away at 31 when a virus attacked his heart, and so I would mm-hmm. not want to have my parents bury another child. Mm-hmm. And so, I've been very pre- preventative in my healthcare. Um, so, I go to a functional medicine doctor every quarter. I get probably 40 vials of blood taken, and my But it goes, you're going to a lab court request. So if your clients who are preventative as well, who are going to a lab core request, Medicare usually covers those. So sometimes your doctor needs to do some unique coding things. Um, But if it's a medically necessary treatment, then Medicare should be covering those. Now, where it gets harder that a client who goes to a doctor, he's actually in Florida, but he gets like IV drips. Mm-hmm. And IV drips from a doctor. If it's not medically necessary, it's it's hard it's hard to do. But usually, we find that most blood work done at a big place, like a lab core request, are usually approved by Medicare.
0: Now, have you seen that if their their doctor has to prescribe that that testing, or is it? How have you seen that work?
1: Yeah, I mean, so at least for my case, I know that my doctor has to like they won't do blood work on me unless my doctor does it. So there's other places that you can send in your own blood work, but a lot of them have to have a doctor prescription, which mm-hmm. then makes it medically necessary. I'm gonna, and I say in quotations, you, there are exceptions, but but that's how we've seen it go. Got it.
0: Okay, um, so we've mentioned this a time or two, but um, how do you avoid Medicare penalties, and what, what are the what are the kind of the the usual suspects that you see from from your vantage point?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. So there's a few different Medicare penalties. I'll talk about the income penalty to begin with. A high income penalty, you can't necessarily avoid. If you have a high income, you have a high income. Um, but I think it's a good thing to be aware of for, for, for people and their financial advisors to kind of think about how are our distributions impacting Medicare payments. It may or may not change your recommendation, but I mean, an, in, an high income penalty for the highest bracket can be around four hundred dollars more a month um compared to the cheapest. Now, I'd really still rather be in the high income bracket and pay the penalty than not. But it's I think what makes me sad is when people are taking money there when people are doing income income activities, taking maybe taking money out for a wedding or a house or whatever, and they're increasing your income without realizing some of the other ramifications. Now, it still might have been the right decision, but at least if we are thinking about it from a Medicare-ish standpoint, so we're not blindsided, I think I think it's one thing I recommend, at least for, especially for your audience. I think the other one is just make sure that by the time you're 65, you meet Medicare rules. So that that can be a few different things, right? Medicare says at 65, you either have to be on Medicare or on an employer plan that meets Medicare rules. And there's a few caveats to that. But I think as long as we're in compliance with Medicare rules and as long as you're thoughtful around how our income impacts Medicare penalties, I think those are the two big things, especially for your audience, that I would say beware of.
0: And so we've talked a lot about you know enrolling in Medicare and things of that nature. Does your team actually... Obviously, the... the- has to enroll on their own, but how involved is your team in the enrollment process?
1: Yeah. So it's a, first of all, there's a few different parts of Medicare to enroll in. Medicare A and B is through the government. So we have a very clear process that we give to our clients. They can do it on their own. We can do it with them over the phone or over a Zoom call or whatever they want. Um, but it's actually a fairly simple process based on the steps that we lay out. Um, so we can help you with that, but we still need you clicking the buttons and saying, yes, I agree to this. Now, the other parts of Medicare that you apply for are drug plans, also called Part D, um, Medicare Advantage plans, which is also called Medicare Part C, as in Charlie, and the final one is Medicare Supplement, which are also called Medigap plans. And those three plans are all offered through private insurance companies. So because we're not an insurance agent, we can't actually complete that final paperwork for them, but we can get them all the way to the point of knowing what to do. So they simply have to have a person or company, an agent, whoever they want to use, to finalize that paperwork, to make an official contract for you to join that plan. So again, it depends on the type of Medicare you're applying for, but we can hold your hand through the entire thing.
0: And so with regard to the supplemental plans, um, how do you help clients walk through that process of choosing what supplemental plan is, is correct for them? Do, are you... Yeah are you able to compare and contrast the, the different costs of those different insurance providers and, and how much yep. are you able to provide clients?
1: Yep, absolutely. So uh, in Texas, there are letters A as an alpha through N as a Nancy. And so we will go through and identify the top two or three supplement letters that fit them best. Um, supplement letters are technically standardized. So uh, a plan N at ARP is the same as a plan N at Blue Cross Blue Shield but the different prices. So we kind of hone in on which letter fits them best. And then we talk about which company fits you best, right? Texas has a very standardized guarantee issuance rule where when you first join Medicare, they have to accept you. But if you apply for a supplement plan after that six month window, they can ask you for your health history and you're not guaranteed a plan. Mm -hmm. So what that means to us is that the company and the plan that you pick when you first join Medicare, we assume you're going to have it for the rest of your life. So we look at these companies very differently. So we have a seven factor scorecard which goes into decide which company's best. We look at their financial rating, I'm gonna look at their history of rate hikes, I'm gonna look at their customer service. I'm gonna look at things like that to decide which company in the long run do we think predictively has the best chance of keeping you at the lowest rates, giving you the best coverage and the company that you'll be happy with in the long run. So it's kind of, we go through the supplement plans.
0: Okay. And then, um, you know, through that process, how much of that are you able to, um, help people review and what parts can you get more specifics on what you're able to review annually, um, and help them get a mulligan on, um, yeah, so to speak.
1: I always say, if you're healthy, you can change plans every year. But we had a client even a few weeks ago who was pretty healthy, but he had kidney stones and he wasn't able to change them. So we can look at supplement plans every year, really even every day, if you if you wanted to. Um, it's not usually likely, though, that you can change plans. And again, the way that our recommendations work, you should still be with a very well-priced company. So we can look at it. Nothing's guaranteed. Um, but what we can really change again, as I mentioned, is your part D drug plan that that's the thing that we can change every year from October 15th through December 7th. And you can change advantage plans then as well, but, but supplement plans are, we don't usually touch them very much unless you have a huge rate hike and you're, Mm -hmm. you're still healthy.
0: Okay. On average, how much could that process cost somebody annually or even monthly?
1: Yeah, good question. So, our annual review process is $500. But with that, seven people come into us um, early on, that's it's I think $200 right now for, for those annual reviews. So, and the, I say that because when people come in brand new, we have to kind of re educate and re review the whole thing. While if you've already been with us, we know what you have, we know it's the best. We can double check rates, we can look at meds, it's a much more streamlined process. So depending on if you're a client or not, will depend on what, what you pay. So.
0: Okay. And then, um, backing up a minute. So if someone were to get your, your services from, you know, they the get go age 64 and they walk through that process, how much would that process cost uh, someone if they wanted to uh, partner with you to make this decision? Yeah. You know, good question. To-
1: yeah. So our most popular service is our concierge service. So it's a one-on-one done-for-you Medicare process, and currently that's a thousand dollars. So with that, you get—I mean, de- depending on where you are, if you come in nine months, you're going to get more time with us. If you come in three months for Medicare, you're going to get a little less. But it's—it's mm-hmm. it's mainly that initial research and recommendations to get you on Medicare, the rules, the companies, the timing, all of it. Um, but you also get, we give them the 12 month help desk. We can, they can call us when they have questions. We do the, their first annual review for free. We call their physicians for them to see what Medicare they accept. We include a lot of other things in there to just make our lives, make our clients' lives easier. Cause the reality is, and I hate to tell us people, but like Medicare does not end when you sign up for a plan. It kind of just begins then. And so it's that continuity afterwards that we include in that concierge service. So that's our most popular service right now that again, our clients love can just, they can just hand it over to us. We need their involvement. Cause I, I want to know if you like what your risk appetite is. Like I, I have questions for you so I can do my job, but we basically take it over for our clients at that point.
0: Okay. And what would be the, the most you've seen someone overpay for Medicare? If you're comfortable sharing that. Yeah. With?
1: I, so what I, I'm, I'm thinking of recent, I mean, I think that the Chicago woman I mentioned before with $45,000 in just a few months was mm-hmm. a really big one. She also had to delay her hip surgery by a few months until she got on Medicare. So I, I think what's interesting is that people don't really want to admit sometimes how much they've um, mm-hmm. wasted. I know I, I got a call um, or an email from a woman in Texas whose dad had cancer. And they were in an Advantage plan down there, but they wanted to go to MD Anderson for a second opinion, and she wanted help because she realized that Advantage plan was not accepted by MD Anderson, and was trying to get some help. And so, I mean, in, in that case, I mean, you, when you think about co- like out of pocket loss, I mean, you could think about how much he'd have to pay if he did go to MD Anderson. But there's also a cost if he said, "We can't afford it," like. Mm-hmm. We can't afford MD Anderson, so I'm stuck with this other doctor. That's not my first choice, but like, mm-hmm. I can't afford the alternative, right? I can't afford the fifty to hundred thousand dollars that I have to pay for out of my own pocket to go see MD Anderson, except that's who I wanted to see. And so I think there's, I might mean, say probably hard cost. I'd say forty five, but we've had a client save over a hundred thousand dollars a year on reviewing med lists, right? And so we it, tend to have clients it, who are proactive. And so we avoid those mistakes, but I get calls all the time from people who are like, this is not good. So Got it. So
0: you touched on something else that I've been meaning to get to, but um, how how are your clients able to keep their, their current doctors on Medicare and get some selectivity within that process um, in your experience?
1: Yeah, I think the biggest thing, and I talk about this, I have a free workshop that I go through all this, but... I think the biggest thing is, and its I know it sounds so simple, but it never happens usually, is that you simply ask your doctor, what Medicare do you take, right? Um, you know, I think in Texas, right, MD Anderson is a big one. You have the Kelsey facilities. Um, Kelsey does take Medicare Advantage, and that can be a decent option. But my point is, let's just talk to your doctor and ask them what Medicare they accepted to help guide us. Now, mm-hmm. yes, your doctors could change Medicare plans. And as we know, because of insurability rules, it's easier to first join a supplement plan and later go to Medicare Advantage. And it's hard to do the opposite. And so depending on what we know about our clients, doctors now, what type of health care they want, we can really guide them one way or the other. But simply asking your doctors what Medicare they take, or a lot of people who are healthy now say, well, I'm healthy. I don't, I don't care. Well, guess what? Like life happens. If you get stage four cancer tomorrow, are you okay going to your community hospital? Or do you want to go to MD Anderson do you want to go to University of Texas or where do you want to go? You want to go to MD Anderson, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's kind of like talking to your clients about planning for retirement. It's like, okay, are, are you okay living in a shack? If that's, if you're good with that, like, perfect, we'll plan for that. But if you'd like to go like on vacations and like maybe see your kids and like maybe have a budget for Christmas gifts or whatever it might be, like we have a different approach to that. So, I think it's the same way with Medicare. It's like, what do you want? And then we can reverse engineer it to make it work.
0: Excellent. Well, this has been incredibly helpful, Emily. Um, if people want to continue to follow your work and in the conversation, what's the simplest way to do that?
1: Absolutely. So, check us out at the Medicare Okay. We,
0: we and have
1: free resources, lots of good stuff on there.
0: And you mentioned a free webinar. Uh, that people can sign up for as well. Um, I believe that that happens twice a week. Um, yep. If people want more information,
1: if you go to the MadicareCoach.com, there's a button at the top to register for that free workshop. So all that, all the, all the goodies are in there, and I'll keep everyone up to date on how else I can help you all. So,
0: excellent, Emily. Thank you so much for your time. I really enjoyed the conversation, and we are so grateful uh, that you could join us.
1: Thanks so much, Josh. I appreciate it.
0: Well. That's all for today. Thank you again for joining us. We trust that you are better equipped to steward both your wealth and your financial resources. If you have questions or suggestions for a future topic, please direct those to InfoHouston at CarsonWealth.com. May you and your family encounter truth, beauty, and goodness on the road ahead. The opinions voiced in Wisdom and Wealth with Josh Clues are for general information purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Investing involves risk, including possible loss of principal. No strategy assures success or protects against loss. To determine what may be appropriate for you, please consult your attorney, accountant, financial, or tax advisor prior to investing. Investment advisory services offered through CWM LLC and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. Our address locally is 1780 Hughes Landing, Suite 570, The Woodlands, Texas 77380. Today's guest is not affiliated with CWM LLC.